So I know Amy, you have more to say about this. Um, and I'd love for you to talk more about this struggle that happens when people are searching to find their purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's been the last like uh, three years where this purpose was this, you know, billboard up on a Broadway stage where it's like this shiny thing that's so obvious and so big. And I'm gonna encourage you to really let that idea go. And that, you guys, I'm just saying like the women, uh, Zarina, Marcy, we're all, you know, it's really about slowing down enough to hear and understand your purpose. Oftentimes we're, we think this is a huge thing. That's our first thing that gets in the way. The second thing is that we think it's this ultimate goal when it, in my life, it's been an evolution. And I allow the evolution, like one of my biggest evolutions came in my meditation class, in my women's circle meditation class. And it came to me in the form of my little girl showing itself herself to me for the first time. And me recognizing, oh my God, that's me. That is who I was meant to be. When I had that vision, when she came to me in that meditation, my purpose then became to unravel, undo all these conditioning that were put on me so that I could get back to that little girl. So when we slow down and actually, and you know, I'm very, uh, I have a lot of energy, can you tell? So it's very important <laughs> that I put myself into places where I slow down enough that I can reflect I can allow my purpose to show itself to me at that moment. Your purpose at this moment might be to get out of the, a toxic relationship and who you get to be as you take those steps forward. Your purpose at this time might be to like my purpose to start shedding all this crap that is put on us as women, okay? And, and get back to our core superpowers of who we were born as. And then that is when we're even more open to our purpose and understanding that once you go through that purpose, you go through that transformation, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now what's next? Like, what do I get to explore next? So purpose to me is, a, it's, a, it's at a micro level almost, and we make it too big. Slow down, reflect by journaling. That's what, that's like my first of my four step process is to reflect. Reflect on what our beliefs, we believe our beliefs are. Because if we don't flush those out, we, it, we won't find ways around them. Unless we flush out what we actually believe about certain things, uh, we can't even know what we're, we're trying to change. So it's very important that you slow down, journal, reflect like, oh, what does that actually mean? What is like 
empowerment actually mean to you? Like slow down and start defining these things so we can start flushing them out and redefining. So know that right now your purpose at this moment is to be here with us. And how can you be better, do better? How can you show up being? Like, who do you get to be in this moment? Just know that this is your purpose right now. Mel, I'm going to ask you, um, you know, as you've taken on this whole leadership role, which is sounds uh, new and exciting, which is also uh such an energy behind it. It's a beautiful energy behind it. Um, even to the point of view, as you said earlier, like you're, you're thinking about like even training leaders and future leaders. Um, how will this change the way you work uh, with your clients? Like what is, what are your main, uh, what are the main tenets also of leadership, do you believe? Yeah, great question. I love that, you know, Leadership is actually one of my core values, and it's interesting to see how, you know, the breadcrumbs of spirit led me to this training where when I walked in the very first day, I was like, this is next level of what I want to do with my clients, because what I've been doing with my clients all along is removing the inner clutter so they can experience their birthright, which is to be happy and abundant in every area of their lives. And what the inner clutter is, is repressed emotions, resentments, fears, limiting beliefs and judgments, and all that stuff that we accumulate as we experience trauma as an, and loss, as we grow up with parents who don't have an instruction manual, and we accumulate all of this stuff. And I have great tools and techniques that, I, that help my clients. But when I went through this training myself, even after doing 30 years of therapy and doing this work that I've done on myself, it was revealed that there's just so much more there. Like we're never done. Me as the clutter expert, never done. Like we always, we have this programming that we've gotten as we grew up and all of this stuff that accumulates that we don't even really know because our cells remember everything. We don't consciously remember it, but our cells remember everything. And in taking this work in, and I was just like, oh my God, this is so next level to what I want to do with my clients. So it really has helped me already start working with my clients differently. And like I said earlier, like we have, we have this box that we live in that we don't really realize that we live in. We have our programming and our limiting beliefs and it keeps us inside this box and we can never get out of the box but we can keep expanding the box. And that's what leadership training is all about is continuing to keep expanding your box, expanding your vision, expanding what's possible in your life and ultimately standing as source for a transformed world. It's ultimately being a leader. The main tenet of leadership is level, what we call level four responsibility where there's, you know, I take responsibility for something or I know I'm responsible. We have these ways of speaking, but in this leadership capacity, it's knowing that you source everything in your life so that you can have the experiences that you need so that your soul can evolve and be the person that you came here to be. So for instance, I crashed my truck on a windy mountain road uh, back in October of last year. And instead of being in a state of blame or this happened or that happened, 
I knew that I created that experience. Now, I didn't intentionally drive my truck off the road. I'm not saying that. But I knew that I sourced that experience so that uh, a limiting belief that I was still carrying could be revealed to me so that I could start clearing it. Up until that point, I, I had the belief that I didn't deserve to live because I ruined everything. And sourcing that experience, and it's a windy mountain road that my truck Technically, any other person that crashes on that road, they go off the cliff and they blow up in a fiery ball of flames. My truck bounced towards the cliff and rolled back to the same side of the road I was driving on, only facing the wrong direction, right side up, and I had no injuries. And so if I didn't have the belief that I deserved to live up until that point, that was a really big awareness for me to start owning my power, which then led me to to the leadership training actually, which was super powerful. And so stepping into that work and, and seeing what shifted and opened up in my life has just made me want to continue to become a trainer of the work as the next level in what I do. And I don't know if it's necessarily with my clients per se or training these leadership trainings themselves, but I know it's going to impact every area of my life as it already has. And the leadership component is just so powerful. So thank you for that question. And now I want to hear from Zarina because this is such a powerful topic about, you know, being in contribution and service versus self-sacrifice. So how can someone make the distinction between being in a state of contribution and service and sacrificing themselves? Thanks a lot, Mel, for this question. Um, let's first start with the contribution why it is important um, in the in the courses that i teach this is one of the main principles that you need to contribute uh, but never on behalf of yourself so you have to put yourself first always um, so whenever you're working towards i don't know manif manifesting a new job a new experience a new business anything in life a new relationship your first priority is you and then anything else is secondary but it has to exist it's a principle that at least one other person needs to benefit from what you want otherwise it's egocentric so there needs to be a give and take by directional flow of energy and that's why at least one other person needs to benefit or the society as a whole and this is you know keep this in mind as a principle in whatever tools you use this is a major manifestation principle. If nobody's benefiting from what you want, then it's ego-driven. And this doesn't mean that you cannot manifest material things. You can, but still they need to be of contribution to somebody else. And now the major uh, clash between contribution and self-sacrifice that I see from my clients uh, comes from money. So they always ask me, but will I be, how am I going to make money from this? So I, I have this passion, I'm inspired by this, but how am I going to make money? Or how am I going to jump off ship from my corporate career, start a business? And there are basically two things that are important to answer this question. One is that um, there's usually some sort of a money block or a misconception that, that somebody has about making money. That is a limiting belief. I think Mel just talked, or maybe Amy just talked about limiting beliefs. Mel just talked about limiting beliefs. It's a limiting belief that just needs to go. And there are many ways one can uh, deal with these limiting beliefs. 
through a logical way, reasoning, as Amy said, use your reason. You can do a lot of with your reason, not simply by using woohoo techniques. I don't call them woohoo techniques because I know they work, but you can also use your reason if you're more prone to use your reasoning, right? So uh, allow yourself to logically think of why this limiting belief is not valid. So that's the first thing to, uh, to remove when, when it comes to money. Um, and then the, the other thing is that, um, I lost my train of thought, but uh, there were two things I wanted to say regarding uh, the distinction between self-sacrifice and um, inspiration or what was the contribution question? contribution contribution yes contribution the thing is nobody can be of contribution unless you are on your purpose and full contribution like the the ultimate contribution you can give is on your purpose and yes purpose has been expanded as a big concept but in the end it comes down to you being inspired and feeling happy you feeling like it's your place, you can give the best of you at this very moment. And it's really not that complicated when you realize it's not a huge thing. You just have to feel inspired and happy and everything needs to feel comfortable in your life. It doesn't mean that there are not going to be any challenges. We are, as Marcy said, faced with challenges all the time. So challenges will come and go. But your, your general self-centeredness and stability and the way you your outlook on life should be inspired and happy that's what purpose is and unless you're doing that and unless you are also taking the money for your service so also taking care of yourself when you're serving another uh, then you're not fully on your purpose and that comes back again to uh, the question, the, the distinction between self-sacrifice and, and service. I, I went a bit on the tangent of money, but this is because most of my clients um, come to me when they want to change jobs or they, when they want to start a business, when they want to transition into uh, healing or energy work or something like that. And, and that's their major concern, basically. How do I serve? Because I want to serve with my skills, but at the same time, I think I'm not going to make enough money. And yes, if you are fully inspired, the, the way to get there will come to you. First of all, remove the blocks. Second of all, the, the, the road to get there will come to you bit by bit. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, I'm very forcefully passionate when I speak about these things. It's because I've been through them as well. So uh, I feel for people that... Uh, that have this struggle in their head. Um, all right. And so we're moving to Marcy. Um, all right. We're talking about self-love and passion again. What does self-love have to do with passion, Marcy? How is passion linked to self-love and purpose? How are the three connected? So, and I think everyone here actually has done just an incredible job of, of connecting all of these dots um, because none of these things are possible without truly loving yourself. 
but the first thing that actually has to happen, and this is, is really just kind of coming in here, um, is that you need to know yourself. One of the things that has been popping up as I'm listening to all of you, um, all of your brilliance, is that the work that each of you have done has really brought you to a place of knowing yourselves, knowing yourselves in a way that society, cultures, your families, um, those around you, like didn't allow you to know yourself. And all of that clearing, all of that letting go, all of that delayering has brought each of us, I'm including myself in this, to this place of, of truly knowing myself. And here's what happens. And I love, Mel used this word earlier, magic. It's sheer magic. When you know yourself and you accept yourself as who you are, when you are challenged um, by all of the constraints that your culture, societies, religions, whatever it is that have placed upon you, you may have an initial reaction of guilt, for instance, maybe even shame, you know, not living up to that. But here's what happens when you know yourself so well, when you are so connected, so grounded to the truth of you, you can dissolve that energy just like that. The guilt, the shame, it suddenly goes from being in the forefront and you shrinking down and contracting to like moving into your periphery. It is the most amazing thing. And what it reminds me of getting back to that magic again, it's like that magic wand. And it just like dissipates. And you start to shine again. You start to own who you are again. It's like, and I'll go back to that, conver that recent conversation when that person who was very close to me was so disappointed in me. Bam! Not here to live up to your expectations. Like, there wasn't a question in my mind. And this is what I want to encourage you to really do, to keep in the forefront of your heart as you are traveling this incredible journey as a human, because you are dressed in this form, but the brilliance of you is formless. It's formless. And so as we are constantly drawing from the formless, we actually are building strength. We're building power. Um, we spoke of resiliency, of flexibility. Those words are so important to be embodied because only once we do that, do we have the ability to step in to our brilliance, to really claim it, our passion, our purpose, but so important is that we know ourselves as this truth. And that incredibly is actually a prerequisite to self-love. You first have to know yourself.
that deeply. Like I think Amy was saying, you know, to, to know like, okay, I, I have this in my past and it might come up like this, but it doesn't mean we beat ourselves up over that. It means, ah, we have a revelation. And in that revelation, we can change anything because that's where our free will, our choice comes up. And so in self-love, it is in the knowing of ourselves, accepting of ourselves, accepting that each one of us comes here, and this might blow you away. At this point, we have been living perfection. All those things we've experienced, perfection. All those things, all those moments of suffering, all of that, you know, just like disbelief, disconnect, all of that perfection. We have perfectly experienced our lives to bring us to where we are. And so you've heard us speak about this gratitude as being so key. We must be grateful for us. We must be grateful for how we've lived, for how we have become so resilient through these experiences. And of course, how we are here. And I'll, again, I have to say, I love Zarina that you brought in this whole partnership because nothing is created without giving and receiving. If you're just giving, the energy dies with the giving. If you are just receiving, the energy dies with the receiving. And we, of course, want energy to flow because energy is infinite. And as it is in its infinite flow, we are in flow with it. It can then flow through us, extending itself through us. And that's when we really shine. Our purpose, our passion, and of course, that brilliance is undeniable. And what's so amazing is we get to these places and um, people like look at us differently. I know I've had people say to me like, what's, what's happened to you? <laughs> like, where did you come from? And without someone having experienced it, they won't understand it. But all I can say to you is embrace every single part of it. Glorify it, be grateful for it. And that loving of yourself becomes the primary aspect of your life and everything changes. So with that, Amy, my darling, I need to ask you from what you've experienced and all the people that you've worked with, like, what do you think um, actually inhibits people, it stops them from following their passions. And of course, being all that they came here to be. Mm -hmm. what, what yeah, you thank you, Marcy. Well, you just you, you gave me a great segue, you know, but Marcy always does that she just like, <laughs> gives me easy in. Uh, yeah, inner knowing. Now, what does that mean? It's really about knowing yourself. But knowing your imperfections, what you conceive as imperfections, knowing 
that it's not about being the perfect. I think perfection kills everything. And when you embrace your little, you know, little, little things that are not actually perfect. Like when my little 13 year old girl comes up, cause she's still here with me. Okay. And she gets a little bit snappy. Um, perfection kills right Mel, but you know what it is? It's knowing your beliefs, your patterns, your thoughts, unless you know your patterns, beliefs, and thoughts, it's very difficult to create something new because think about it. You don't even know what you're trying to change. So you, you become more conscious of your thoughts. So you're like, oh, there it is again. And I do this in my radical acceptance. You become the assessor of your life. You don't become the judge. You don't become the jury. You actually become the assessor. So you start hearing the words that are coming out of your mouth. I don't need a lot. Just, oh, well, I guess next time, right? You start following your patterns and become the assessor and understand, oh, I have that belief that I'm not worthy. And it's showing itself in this way. Until we recognize that we have these beliefs, thoughts, and patterns, we struggle. We struggle. And the beauty is going to those things is where the struggle ends. Sometimes we want to get away from those things. I just want to be perfect. I just want to be positive. I just want to feel happy. All of those things is like, well, what's making you unhappy? What's the thought around happiness? What do you believe? What's your definition of happiness? Until we reflect and really cut, because I'm going to tell you, especially with, uh, I mean, social media and all that, news, whatever, they're just throwing these buzzwords at us women with images included. And we wonder why we judge ourselves. It's because we have def different defini definitions of things. So Marcy's definition of something might be different than my definition of it. And, but when I go to her Instagram, I'm like, oh, but that's not, I'm not that. So we need to get clear on our definitions. I always say, this is the example I give, you know, for most of us, the uh, definition of confidence, we got from a Nike ad. And then we struggle and we judge ourselves because we're not just doing it. And we don't look like that woman in the Nike ad. So we get to slow down, reflect, redefine, ass start assessing, like, and set yourself up. Like I'm a dancer. I do not go on stage unless I practice. When you go to a, a family event, a business meeting, any kind of situation you walk, take time to like practice and like, you know, I'm just going to assess today. I'm just going to like sit back and like, just listen more than I talk. And then I'm just going to hear what people are saying. You got to set yourself up for success in a way that it's, it's for me, because it, I say, I will not walk on stage without uh, practice, right? 
And I'm asking you to like, think about it as like, well, I'm going to take a moment before I walk into this situation. I'm going to embody uh, openness. I'm going to embody uh, just listening and like, just really try to reg like take notice of the way I'm feeling, thinking and acting. And you, when your life begins to change because you get to know you, like the real you. And then you get to understand that you, and then you get to find new possibilities and ways of being. But until you slow down enough to like, what do I actually, what do I actually believe about this situation? What are my actual thoughts about this? Until you get that kind of like reflection going on, uh, it's very difficult to, and with them, it's very difficult to move forward, I believe, because we need to love up on ourselves at every level. And when that little 13-year-old pops up, I say, I love you, I acknowledge you, I see you, but I could take, take over this situation right now. Because I do, I do believe, you know, you you are here to 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 like really know your history, understand your history, love on your history, so that you can move like move to new possibilities. Your history, who you were, what you were doing, is not here to hold you back. It's here for you to learn from and transform at, from that or into that, whatever you'd want to do. So here we go. How are we doing, Marcy? We good? I'm going to Mel. Uh, so do you have any advice uh, as to how people can allow, allow, right, their journey to unfold within them too? Like that allowance is so big. You know, it's so funny that that's the word. I mean, allow is the key. The practice that I actually teach my clients is something called allowing the now. And, you know, it's literally allowing yourself to be exactly as you are in the moment, no matter what's going on, whether you're judging yourself, beating yourself up, feeling an emotion that's uncomfortable, your mind is racing. It's simply learning to meet yourself right where you are. We spend so much time in resistance of who we are, what we're feeling, that ultimately we can only be in one of two states ever. We're either resisting what's uncomfortable and clinging to what we want to hang on to, which is all contraction, or we can allow the moment to simply be exactly as it is. And so all of the clutter accumulates because you don't allow it, you avoid it, you resist it, or you're desperately hanging on to it because you're not willing to let go of it. And so it's shifting into that state of allowing that creates the space for that magic to happen that we're talking about. So it's literally, all I have my clients do is simply take five minutes a day to just be present for your experience. So if you're, if you're like meditation is not for me, I can't quiet my mind down. This is perfect for you because it's not meditation. You get to actually let your mind be like whack-a-mole. You know, the game whack-a-mole when the mole pops up and you got the mallet, and you get to bash it down. I'm not into bashing moles, heads or anything like that, but you get to let your attention bounce to whatever's calling it. What wants your attention now in this moment? Is it an emotion I'm feeling? Is it a sensation in my body I'm feeling? Maybe I'm feeling my body for the first time below my neck, right? I have lots of clients that don't even know what it feels like to be in their body. Maybe there's, I'm worried about something or I'm thinking about something or I'm planning about something. 
or maybe there's a sound in my environment or someone's cooking something really amazing down the hall and you're smelling what's going on. It's just acknowledging what's happening in the moment. Okay, here's this emotion sadness or, oh, there's a plane going overhead. Oh, my mind is racing. And simply allowing your experience to be exactly as it is. That's that creating that space for that magic, that releasing the contraction. And when you can allow the moment to be is where you make space for the magic to happen. And every time you make space to allow, it starts to open up in your environment, whether you start clearing clutter, releasing weight, making different choices about what you put in your mouth or who you hang out with. It is the most powerful thing you can do. It sounds like it won't do anything. My clients are like, how is this going to help me get rid of the clutter? But it's simply, that's all I ever did was learn how to be present for my own experience and allow whatever was being there to be there. So take five minutes a day. And if five minutes feels like too long, I had a client who was like, screw that. I'm not doing five minutes. And she got a two minute time doesn't matter how much time you spend. It's simply your willingness to allow your own experience. And, you know, GPS doesn't need to know where the hell you've been all your life. It just needs to know where you're standing right now, right? So it can get you where you need to go. And so that's you. You get to acknowledge and experience where you are in this moment. It doesn't matter how much clutter has accumulated, how much weight has accumulated, whatever your situation is. It's just acknowledging where you are, allowing it the space to be so that transformation can happen. So that's my, my sharing is if you just allow the space for the magic to happen and you just give yourself this time each day, you will not recognize your life in six months. I guarantee it. Yeah. Do we have time to continue or do we move into the... All right. Next up is Zarina. All right. So... What if one is inspired by an, by an idea, but doesn't have the confidence to pursue it? What can they do? Well, first of all, b before I answer this question, Mel, I, I just want to tell you, ladies, that I am, I am so grateful and I'm going to rewatch this because there were so many gems thrown left and right. And this is such an all-encompassing philosophy of life. We're not just speaking about values, purpose, brilliance, but, but it, it's like a way of looking into life and I feel inspired just by being here with you so you, you know you, we are communicating in terms of energy and presence not only by words I'm sure you all know that but everybody watching um, just think about this as well um, and now back to the question so what can one do if your confidence is low or if you if you believe that something is your purpose but you're not confident enough to be on that purpose let's say you want to be a public speaker just a random example but you're bad at public speaking and uh, I can relate to that it's not like I've ever wanted to be a public speak speaker but here I was led to this path somehow step by step I wanted to start a business as I told you at the beginning I didn't realize that I would actually have to promote my business with the other experts on the platform by showing myself up and let alone doing courses myself. But now I ended up doing most of the courses. So things turned out a different way. And sometimes, um, sometimes life takes you on your purpose without you realizing it, without you consciously directing it. It's like you're in the flow and it's taking you there. Um, so when I was at uh, graduate school, uh, I remember my first presentation. It was terrible. I'm not kidding you. It was really terrible. 
I was prepared. I was overly prepared. And since this moment, I've decided to never overly prepare because this kind of blocks me. But that's the way I am. And I remember I was already, I was stuttering. I never stutter in my life. And people think that I'm very outgoing, very outspoken. They never expected me to present this badly. It's like something happened at this very moment. And it's not like it was my first time ever. It was just my first time at this setting that triggered something in me. So from that moment on, I started doing um, NLP exercises. Every single day I would go in, I would use a mix. This is what I knew at the time. The tools that I knew at the time was a mix of NLP and silver. And I would visualize and I would also count upwards my excitement and belief. And you would expand your energy. There's one exercise like that. And so I would use specific tools to rewire my mind in order to increase my skill and to increase my confidence that I'm an okay at that time public speaker. I mean, at least to be able to speak without worrying. Um, and so it's not only about public speaking when pe that people lack confidence in, but that's the number one, that's the number one issue people have actually people have more i don't know if you know of this fact but people have more fear of public speaking than of death have you heard of this it's really terrible you probably don't know this because you're all speaking um, to people all the time and speaking publicly but people do have a fear of public speaking so how to overcoming um you need to rewire your brain whether you use nlp silver whatever um tool you use there are certain images, links and associations that you have in your mind that are partially implanted there by mind programming. As Amy said, we say we have so many, many images that we are bombarded with from media, everyday social media. So all of these are associations that you have in your mind the way you should be. You're not like that. You're not performing up, up to somebody's standard. This has to do with what Marcy is talking about, always coming, uh, showing up for other people, what their expectations are of you. But basically you have to rewire in your mind, use whatever tool you can find or specialist that can help you to change these images you hold of yourself because of what society expects of you or because of what relatives, friends, anybody else accepts of you. And this is my number one advice. You need to just change the images others hold of you. And now moving on to Marcy with the last question of the session today. Yeah. All right. So Marcy, the heart shift coach, what does it mean and how does it affect our lives being a hardship, shifting our hearts? Yeah. So thank you, first of all. And I love so much again, what everyone has been talking about. Um, Wow. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I can feel the transformation taking place within me. I have all of these like aha moments, um, like just lighting up. And so if you've had any, please share them in the chat. You know, we learn from each other. And of course, we are here sharing our hearts and, and souls with you. And we want to know how we've touched you. So please share. Um, but what is a heart shift? A heart shift is exactly what you've experienced. It's when you shift from where you were into a closer version of where you want to be. Now, what typically happens is um, 
you know, we learn all this stuff, but sometimes we forget that we also have to put it into action. All change is action oriented. You must take action. What a hard shift is, is number one, making the choice to start to live from your heart rather than your head. Now, why is that important? Because your head, which is 97% controlled by the ego mind, will always be drawing you to live in the past. It wants you to stay connected to it so that you are not venturing out into this big, scary world as it sees it. So when we're living there and we develop our thinking patterns from that control, what happens is we develop limited beliefs. Those limited beliefs deliver messages constantly that we don't have open, endless possibilities, that we don't even have the potential to um, even you know, start to dream about other possibilities. So what it actually does is it not only creates these limiting beliefs, it creates a limited view. It changes the lens that you are looking through. And so as you are living your life with limited beliefs, limited myopic view, the world is going on around you waiting for you to step in, but you can't even see it. So what a heart shift is all about is choosing. And by the way, I just want everyone to take this in for a moment. Free will is what determines what creates every experience that you have. What that means is that if you're living in your head, it's your choice to do so. You know you've got a heart that's waiting to guide you and support you and offer you all the expansiveness that is almost unimaginable to you at this point. You know it's there. But if you are living in this linear world, it is only a linear world that you will be able to create. You cannot live in both worlds simultaneously and create what you want to be experiencing next. So the more that you bring that focused energy into the, and get this, the only place that has the ability to create is the energy from your heart. Your mind, limited beliefs, limited possibilities, limited thinking. It thinks in linear fashion. The heart thinks in abstract. Abstract and creation go hand in hand. So we need to understand it's our choice where we live. And what I want you to know is that when I started to choose to live in my heart rather than living in my head, I almost felt like I had stepped into a different world. In truth, I had. But something happened. And Amy, I want to talk about this um, in another one of our events because 
in stepping into this new world it was almost like I'd gone through this wormhole. It was a vibrational frequency that I stepped into that allowed me to create in ways that I could not have imagined when I was living here in my head. Literally, this is what happened. I stepped out of my old life into this new life and the universe laid itself at my feet. And it said, how about this? How about that? Ba, 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 ba. It just kept piling things up on this big, huge silver platter. Literally, in the blink of an eye, I went from being a soccer mom on the side fields to being a manufacturer of law of attraction products, having a private practice that was so thriving, like I had to work hard to restructure my days to fit people in. I um, created a self-help health and wellness program, and it all happened like in a weekend. It was like, all of a sudden, what? What? I started to get these downloads, these images of things that I needed to create and bring to market. And I had no background. I was a registered nurse. I was a spiritualist minister, and I was connected to metaphysics and knew what it was all about. But Holy moly. Well, let me tell you something. In six months, I had an office. I had an assistant who had to teach me how to even send an email. And I had eight products on the market, on the market, and had won three international awards for new products. I had no background, no understanding. All I knew was that when I put my heart in the forefront, it told me exactly what to do. It was so clear. And I became so keen at being able to discern which energy I was in. And this is what I want for you. I want for you to embody this life in your heart. Your heart will never lead you astray. And I know right now it seems fantastical, but I know that every person here not only has the ability, but you're actually being called to it. It's why you're here. It's why you're listening. It's why you're tuning in to this discussion. We're here to show you, to provide evidence for you that this is true and it's real and it's waiting for you. And so the heart shift is the shift in the vibrational frequency as energy moves from your head to your heart. And it's then available to you to create your heart's desires. And that, my friends, is the most incredible feeling in the world. And so with that, I wanna move to- Last question Amy. over here. <laughs> That's right. Ames. Tell us about your four-step process. The whole, the reflect, the release, the envision, and that radical embodiment, because I know that this is powerful. And I also know that it fosters this leadership, this passion, and this purpose that we talk about. Mm, thank you. And I'm going to speak into what, what you were just adding, what you were just talking about. 
our limited beliefs. And remember, I just wanted you to take this moment that every thought that you have lives in a place in your body. We believe we're just thinking and we're forgetting that it's hurting our body and it's living in our body in certain areas. And that's what we do. So in the reflection about what um, your definition of what things you believe things are, and then we go into the reflection of where you might be lacking that in your life. And then we go into a body check and find out where it's actually living that is living in your body. So that reflection part slows us down. We define what the, we believe things mean and then figure out where we, we are lacking it in our, in our own life. And then I do a bio check and people like lives in our throat. It lives in our lungs. It lives in our stomach. Like people, it does live in your body. So it's so important to know that every thought that you have is living in your body somewhere. And oftentimes your body will cue you. And we need to learn how to start listening to our body, which is the next uh, step, which is the release. The release is the meditation, the release of the chakras and the meditation, the hookup to God, mother God, source, whatever you want to do, is so that we can release those blocks in our body and not only release them, but go to them and, and really speak to them and, uh, and, uh, and give love to them and understanding. So we start knowing our body more and what it is saying to us because our body is constantly speaking to us. Our mind is overriding everything, but our body is like, I don't know who wakes up in the morning with that fire inside of them ready to go. And then all of a sudden your mind is like, oh, you know, you don't really have enough time. Or you know what, you gotta lose like 10 more pounds. Like, but our body's like, Shh, let's go. And then our mind is talking us out of it. So the reflection is important, the release. Then we go into the re-envisioning, which is the re-envisioning is about who you get to be. It is an inspiration. It is listening to your body and what it's been telling you and bringing that to fruition, not what your mind has been telling you. So the re-envisioning is an inspirational uh, exercise. It's with music. I use music throughout this whole process because music transforms us. It shifts us. Music is a powerful tool. So that we get to see the possibilities in the new re-envisioning. And then, of course, the radical embodiment, which is the embodiment of your values. It's actually embodying confidence. What does it look like, feel like? What does a person have? Like, what do they do when they have it? What are their thoughts like? So that it's not just like, oh, that person's confident. How do they feel? What are their thoughts like? So that we get into their body and their energy of their body. We can't, we think we can go mind only without the body. We are oftentimes left behind, which is me being a dancer my whole life. It's like, this is my work. The embodiment of, of, of an, a thought, an idea, a character, an action, it goes through my body. So 
as Marcy was saying, like, it's so important to um, know your thoughts, but understand that those beliefs, all of us is like, it lives in your body. And we have to be careful what we say to ourselves, how we're judging ourselves. Because for, every, for all of that you think is in your mind is actually also in our body and it's causing illness, it's causing inaction, it's causing physical pain. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I feel physical pain and disappointment and shame back when I was like, well, after my fiance passed away, I was in my pain body. And many of us are in our pain body. And it's until we can like get our mind and body to work with each other and communicate with each other that we can start moving forward in a, in a, in a different way, in a more loving way, in a more understanding of self way. So this is my process is not it's a very mind body uh, process because we have left our body behind. And today is your day. And if you don't feel that in your body, we got to get you there. Because today is your day. It's the only day you have right now. And with that, I believe we have hit all of our questions. So Marcy, you want to jump in? You guys, this was, uh, I, I'm going to watch the replay because I don't know, oftentimes it gets so, it's hard for me to hear. So I always have to slow down a little bit and watch the replay. But Marcy, uh, yeah. It, it's just been amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, and I think that point about slowing down and gifting ourselves that time to really take it in, absorb. I know I want to hear more. I want to hear more from you. I want to hear more from Mel. I want to hear more from Zarina. I, I feel like this conversation could go on forever. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, you're so powerful, every single one of you. I just want to interject, talk about gifts. Oh, yeah. Talk about gifts. <laughs> Let's everybody, let's talk about our gifts. Mel, so, you want to uh, tell yeah, us? What, yeah, Mel, hop in. <laughs> yeah, I would be happy to. Thank you for the opportunity. So being the clutter expert, I wrote a book, but I'm not into having you purchase it and have more clutter in your life. And so it's called Freedom from Clutter, the guaranteed foolproof step-by-step -step process to remove the stuff that's weighing you down. And it's not about the stuff but I gift it to you for free. You can download the whole PDF by going to freegiftfrommel.com and then you don't have the clutter, cluttering up your shelves, collecting dust. Beautiful. Thank you, Mel. And how can, how can people find you? I know it's on our speaker sheet, but just give it to them now. Yeah, the best way is just email me, info at decluttering is the easiest way to reach out to me or my website is decluttering Fabulous. And Zarina, want to talk about your yes. free gift? Sure. Uh, so you, I've, I'm offering my webinar Clear Karma Blocks, and um, it's based on a system energy. Uh, it's called Further Energy Transformation System, and 
it, it's a system that is not yet um, widely available, but it's very effective. It, and I'm giving away this uh, webinar. You can either write me an email at info at healandlearn.com or use the links that you're going to provide, mm -hmm. Marcy and Amy, and uh, the bonus. So it, it's a two and a half hour webinar and you're going to receive the PDF along with that, with all the exercises. These are um, energy mind exercises. Of course, when I say energy exercises, this always includes the activation of the heart because without this, we cannot move energy. Yeah. Amazing. My free gift to each of you is also an ebook um, in line with decluttering. And it is um, how to shift from self-sabotage to self-love in five days. And of course, my whole um, purpose here is to give you the tools and the support for bringing you into your hearts and learning to love yourselves in the way that your heart is yearning for, but you also deserve. So Amy, how about yours? Yes, yes, yes. So. Um... You know, I've been talking about the importance of reflection. Uh, and so mine is the um, opportunities and lessons you can learn during a time of transition. So this is where you also get to define what values you got to, who you got to be during that time when you're overcoming, when you overcame things in your life. It's very important that we reflect, we slow down and we reflect on what values we got to express to help us overcome things and or to also uh, when we, we were feeling, uh, when we have these great accomplishments in our life, like finishing college or getting married, like who, who we got to be, uh, what values were being used during that time, so that we can slow down and get into just how powerful we are. Get into that embodiment of like, I was really powerful back then. Like how, how did I get out of that situation? Um, so it's a reflection uh, type of journaling. And um, I do believe it will help you in all stages of your life. Sounds amazing. Again, I'm gonna download all of these myself. <laughs> I wanna make sure everybody else does too, because we wanna continue to talk and carry this mm -hmm. uh, conversation further. And having said that, I want to invite everyone to join us again next month. We're going to be talking about let's seize the day, how to claim the opportunity of now, stand in your strength, build resilience and step into tomorrow with confidence and ease. And that is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to thank everyone for being here, for giving us your precious time, your energy, and of course, those beautiful hearts of yours. Yeah. And I know that you all go out into the world and start to radiate a brand new level of light. I'd like to invite all of our speakers, uh, please, to stay here with us as everyone else is exiting. And just know how much we love you. And um, if anybody has any last words um, that they'd like to share or thank our, our speakers, please jump in. Yeah, and I would also like to say uh, thank you everyone. And also you'll receive a replay in your inbox for the next two days so that you can rewatch it um, and also get access to our free gifts. Uh, they'll be at your fingertips like that. Mm -hmm.